Welcome to this week's episode of Sync and Assist, episode 42. In this week's episode, Brad and I, we sit down and we discuss comedy. If you're familiar with this podcast, then you know that Brad and I, we tend to dive deep into specific situations and topics. And in this week's episode, we try to put ourselves in the mind of a stand-up comic as a comedian. And how society has become sensitive to seemingly everything, we don't exactly think it will hurt to laugh a little and not take everything so seriously. So this week, like every week, we have yet another really good episode for you all. But before we get into this week's episode, you can find Brad at Bradley Pallone on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at RobertDXN on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Sync and Assist on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Sync and Assist. You can find this podcast on iTunes and Spotify, as well as a handful of other platforms. We are pretty much wherever podcasts are found. And we release new episodes every Tuesday, so please rate, review, subscribe, and share. We're quickly approaching our one-year anniversary of Sync and Assist in our 52nd episode of this podcast. So please reach out to us and let us know what it is that you would like to see going forward in the future of this podcast. But let's get right in this week's episode. Episode 42, Sync and Assist. podcast um as i do and whitney cummings was on i know i know when whitney cummings but i don't know where i know whitney cummings from because i've heard the name i just don't yeah yeah she's one of my favorite um comedians oh that's Uh right yes she's a stand-up comedian i I believe i was listening to tiger belly and uh tiger belly is uh bobby lee who is another comedian uh his podcast he has with his uh girlfriend and so when you have two comedians sitting down on a podcast where you can be as raw and as transparent as, you know, as you want to be, um, and they both are very much that, but just listening to them talk about um, their process and kind of how the bits come together, um, it's... A lot of comedy is very self-deprecating, and it's talking about your your past. And I, I would say, nine times out of ten, those stories are are very troubled and, and dark. But you add the humor into it. That's what makes comedy so effective. Laughing and, at your own pain or someone else's pain. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking because uh, you and I we talk about like actors and. And kind of like what they put themselves through, and like where they pull the um, where, where they pull their emotions from, and I, I kind of parallel that to comedy, where a lot of it is self-deprecating, but it all comes from somewhere. And Winnie Cummings is one of those people. Like she, she works on herself um, mentally and. 
as as well as physically. Mm-hmm. Um, like she takes care of her um, <clears throat> skin and and she eats healthy and and you know, but looking at her, you would never guess like all of her insecurities and, and whatnot. So it, it just kind of got me to thinking like what it really takes to be you know a comedian, someone that is on a platform um, that is very transparent with their audience and doesn't hide anything from anyone. And a lot of comedians can, will tell you very embarrassing things, you know, for a joke, but those stories for the most part are real. So to put myself in the shoes of like a comedian, I don't really know how it could be as therapeutic if it weren't like actually treated like with say therapy um but like using your your flaws and your insecurities and how you see yourself as what makes you the money right yeah yeah well one of one of my favorite comedians is uh bill burr and that's not i don't think that's uh popular amongst certain groups of people because he's He's a very angry comedian. He or he's he's kind of made a name for himself in in the offensive humor route, and uh, much like how uh, Louis C.K. kind of made a name for himself, being you know incredibly offensive, and um, amongst others. Uh, well, I mean, I think every comedian that I listen to has at least some bit that is offensive to somebody. It's it's impossible to avoid. Um, you know, to avoid offending, you know, everybody. Like, there's always somebody out there that will be offended. But, um, <clears throat> but like Bill Burr, for example, he's he's made a name for himself being angry all the time, and uh, he knows that any of the interviews that you see him in, he's always turning it into a complaint. You know, and uh, which I find really funny because, you know, to me, I do find humor in in the the mundane things of life, the little petty things in life. Sometimes you can exaggerate, exacerbate, whatever it is, uh, into something funny. And for me, I I love that. I appreciate that. You know, because it's like well. That's how I feel. Like, you know, road rage, for example. You know, it maybe not the best way to deal with it is through anger. You know, uh, flicking somebody off on the road or, uh, you know, something of that sort. But talking it out, you know, talking about incidents like that and making humor out of it uh, is actually the opposite of taking it lightly. You know, it's, it's more taking it seriously. <laughs> but... I guess I say all that to to preface the fact that I I see where you're coming from too because and I think a lot of comedians are healthy in that they are honest and real but there are also a lot of comedians that self-deprecate to the point to where it, their comedy is merely a coping mechanism it's not helping their life in any sort of way it's 
and it, it just brings them down a path of where they, they just become addicted to, you know, humorously tearing themselves apart or other people and then never truly dealing with their, their pain. And, um, I didn't know who Whitney Cummings was, uh, when you said her name, but, uh, I just Googled her a second ago and, uh, I know who you're talking about now. Uh, cause she was on a Joe Rogan podcast recently. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. I I always watch her when she's on, uh, (laughs) on jokes. The two of them are very deep people. Mm. Yeah. And, Joe goes forever, and yeah, she goes along with him. <laughs> she seems very self-assured, not in a negative way, but um, cause some people could probably see her as, as arrogant or something. But I, I, I got the impression that she just she knows her shit and she she has it together. You know that she she does look inward and works on herself. Mm. Yeah, and like you said, uh. I'll, a lot of people, they make light of a situation. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. I like. I may have said it on the podcast that I was cracking jokes on my way like to the ER. I was injured at a, um, nothing serious, but I was injured working a, a warehouse job that I had. And yeah, I was just cracking jokes at the person that, injured me uh she dropped a pallet that weighed about a ton on my foot and you had to go get that checked out and i walked away so i should have lost my foot but (laughs) but i definitely understand like where comedians come from because i make light and i make fun of situations all the time like it's so, so much easier for me to laugh things off than it is to sometimes. Sometimes it's easier for me to laugh things off than to um, just be angry at a situation because laughter is the, the best medicine and we've had an episode about memes and and we've brought them up before in, in this podcast, but sometimes like a good laugh can save the day. Like... Uh, the other day, yesterday actually, I actually had a a really stressful day, and you're just sending me like these random videos, <laughs> and like <clears throat> stuff like that can help for sure, and just just you know a, a good laugh. I, I'm looking at <laughs> a DC Comics uh poster, but like. Com- comedians are actually in a way they are sort of like heroes where they they deal with so much but they're also up there on that platform um telling you and being transparent and telling you all of their experiences and you can you know look at that and say well, well maybe this situation isn't as bad or maybe that situation isn't as embarrassing as I thought, or, you know, yeah, because they're, they're doing it for you, and, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, <clears throat> like, I, you use humor as a coping mechanism as well, I use that word a lot, that term, coping mechanism, but it's a good word, um, 
but I, I noticed that about you too. Is that uh, anytime, like when I'm around your family, and there's something they're dealing with, you always find a way to sneak in a joke or laugh at something, you know, or, or it's about the situation and they're focused on what's going on and you just hear the way that somebody said something and then you repeat it back. <laughs> you repeat it back uh, referencing some movie or, or something and, of course, some people are just like that. That is not the time for that, <laughs> and I'm over here like this is the perfect time for that. <laughs> so always the right time to laugh. Oh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I love it though. Like I, I see the value in that. Some people don't see the value in humor in a in a time that where it, people seem to. Well, actually, let me give you an example. On on uh, on tour, when I was touring with this band and we had other bands on the road with us, riding with us, um, there was a huge argument going on. Um, big <coughs> a big issue you know, was going on with with uh, the tour package. Uh, some commitments weren't being honored. I won't go into specifics, but it really set one guy off in particular and the moment when all that was going on <laughs> one of the one of the guys riding with us would always slip in some sort of joke and at first it was annoying until we all just started dying laughing at how funny it was um like even when we made it to the venue uh, we were discussing the situation, and <laughs> the dude was doing cartwheels and stuff inside, <laughs> and jumping off the stage. Hard-faced. Uh, yeah, and uh, and he just he had that attitude of like put putting on this like ditzy sort of persona of just like, uh, well, I've learned a lot from this tour because. I get to see the the good side of everybody and the bad side of everybody, you know. And he's just like, <laughs> like he's narrating. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I've I've really learned a lot from this this situation. So so meta. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was the Deadpool of of the tour, <laughs> and um, like because one of our big things about being on the road, we kept putting baby metal on repeat in the car. And, um, <laughs> anytime somebody was arguing about something, like he would just be like, you know, but baby metal though. <laughs> and, uh, we, yeah, we die laughing. It was great. Um, he kind of kept, kept our heads on straight. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to shut the hell up about this. <laughs> Talk about it later. Yeah, I mean, you... But you do need distractions like that. I, I guess that's the whole point of, of this uh, conversation. Like, mm. you do need distractions. Like, things can be, like, super hard. Like, it, everyone's going through something. You never know what people are going through. But 
sometimes it's it's needed to kind of have a break from that and kind of separate yourself from reality and and take a moment to to breathe and laugh at at something and mm-hmm. when you ha- kind of like have that mentality like I used to be a super negative person and like I'd much rather just laugh at everything but and not take everything so life or death serious because life is too short to be stressed out the entire time like and comedy movies aren't the best today but like just need something to like laugh at <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah but but you you laugh at people getting butchered in horror movies because <laughs> it's good it's entertaining you, no. <laughs> it's like what why are you laughing you sadistic fuck <laughs> that's the name of this episode <laughs> <laughs> i i love it though i i think it's great the the, the guy on tour he uh, he'd always be like guys i don't know about you but i'm so high right now <laughs> We're not talking about that. <laughs> Be serious. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it's like, but did you see me dancing in there? You know, just off the wall. You do need people like that around, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they kind of bring you back to reality mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Where... You can get so in your head about things, like, oh yeah, I do. Stress kills people. It's just that's just how it is. And like a, a laugh a day keeps the doctor away. That's what they they say, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and then I I just remembered the. Uh, what was it about macaroni and cheese the other day? Maybe that's not the best, uh, the, the the best thing to say. Do you remember what I was I was talking about with the macaroni and cheese? Yeah, yeah. Your your <laughs> your your family, for some reason, couldn't let go of this uh, metaphor about macaroni and cheese sounding like something dirty when you stir it. Nice. <laughs> I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> and that's that's one thing about you, Rob, is that I love when your family is talking about something. You just automatically go into like that questioning, interrogative sort of mood. Like, wh- what? <laughs> I told you that yesterday. You know? <laughs> You're like, we talked about this. <laughs> And it makes me laugh, like, World of Worlds could be going on right now, like, aliens abducting everybody, and you'd probably still be sitting, you'd be like, but we talked about this, we were gonna go, we were gonna go to the shelter this morning, and now you need to go by the store and get bread, you know, (laughs) it's like, we can do that later, let's get to the shelter, I don't know, I you're the comic you know relief well. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do know you well. I memed you. So I, I do know you well. This is true. 
our returning listeners know you pretty well, too. Wait. Not as well as I know you. (laughs) 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 But, yeah. (laughs) But I I know I I caught you off guard with that because I I just know you too well now. (laughs) But you know me really well, too. But, yeah, though, uh, comedy... Stand-up comedy is something I do. Like, I listen to a lot of stand-up comedians, uh, especially as of late, because the economy and everything is is very frustrating for a lot of people right now. Also kind of hard to laugh at. (laughs) So I I try harder to find the humor in it. Yeah. Yeah, than some people. So it, for me, it's the perfect time to be listening to stand-up comedy but in in this current climate it's uh it is kind of difficult for comedians i think uh especially when there's so much sensitive subject matter out there that some some comedians are aren't playing colleges anymore or certain going to certain areas and um i know it's it's disheartening for for uh, stand-up comedy but um yeah like there's so many things that are now off limits that weren't um uh just a year ago or two years ago and it's like are you a bad person to laugh at something that's funny or like i I don't know is as years go on everyone gets so much more sensitive about things and that's I guess th- there are different types of comedy. Like I'm, I listen to uh, very offensive comedy, <laughs> which isn't shouldn't be surprising uh, to anyone. But <laughs> I-, I listen to the very uh, offensive offensive comics. And but then like Anthony Jeselnik and, and Joe Rogan, which his latest Netflix special is probably the best of the year. <laughs> but oh, Joe Rogan's yeah. The, oh yeah, I watched it on. It's the one that came out on Netflix. Yeah, like yeah. A, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably his best and probably the best of the year. But there are also comedians like uh, Jim Gaffigan who just makes jokes about food and and having a lot of kids. But I like Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> yeah, he's he's hilarious. But I, I, I don't know. I think as time goes on people are becoming so things are becoming off limits and people are so sensitive that you can't talk about certain things but talking about a certain thing and uh not making fun of but but finding a humor in in a situation it it can help a lot of people kind of wrap their heads around it like so many stand-ups specials of that deal with politics mm-hmm. like these are the these are the people that we have in these offices and that is the reality the best thing to do in a situation like that is to at least laugh about it it's the least you can do and you can be serious about it later but like laugh about it at least it'll lighten the blow a little bit at mm-hmm. least have you listened to um, 
uh, Chris Rock's recent stand-up? Uh, tangerine? Yeah, that's it. Tambourine. Tambourine. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> that one's great. I, lo- I love that one. We were listening to it on the road a couple weeks ago. I I didn't like it, but there I forget what he said. There was something in there. I was like, that's, that's a really good point. It was some, something towards the end. Marriage. But, something to do with marriage, maybe? I, he I did think talk it was something about, about his kid. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it might have been something about police brutality. Okay. Yeah. No, there was a lot that was said. I I only listened to it once, but uh, I highly enjoy that one. Um, are you a Daniel Tosh fan? I haven't heard him in a, a long time, but that yeah. is my brand of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. The, the thing about his his routine is that he he does set up punchline set up punchline set up punchline a lot of comedians don't really do that anymore the the punchline is kind of more in the details of the storytelling whereas his brand is a little more old school in that it's um it's like i love this because this is really just this and then everybody laughs you know Mm -hmm. it's like yeah set up punchline right away then moves on to the next thing um but yeah, he's he's extremely offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, there's nowhere that guy won't go. Yeah, and there's uh, comedian Nick Thune. He has a special on Netflix. At this point, he might have two. But like he he's one of those people that like he he's in that he's in right in the middle where he's he doesn't say anything offensive, but Sometimes he does kind of like cross that line just a little bit, and but he's also clean, and not like Jim Gaffigan where he doesn't swear at all. But he or Fluffy, Fluffy uh, Gabriel mm-hmm. Iglesias, he used to be clean. He's not anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely gotten dirty. Yeah, but Nick Thune, like he he tells a lot. Of, you would love him. He tells a lot of dad jokes and, and a lot of puns. Um, like he, like one joke he said, um, just an off, offhanded statement. Like, yeah, I was gonna um, say a joke about Nirvana, but never mind. And <laughs> <laughs> like s- stuff like that. But like, yeah. I mean, that's just one joke and like an amazing set. Like he even does songs. Like he, he's not like uh, Bo Burnham, but oh yeah, find your comedy and don't. Eddie Griffin's my brand. <laughs> I love that guy. I love. <laughs> he hasn't really done as much over the years, but I I love Eddie Griffin. Yeah. Um. I was showing you his one of his bits about religion. Hannibal Burris has a, a joke about Eddie Griffin, where he was he wanted to go to a show. He didn't want to pay for the tickets, and he he called like a <laughs> a venue. He called. He said, "I'm Donald Glover's uh, a manager," and then, uh, long story short, uh, he he paid for those tickets. And but the punchline was, Eddie Griffin was good, but he wasn't sixty dollars a ticket. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice jab there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, religion is a subject that I, I feel like is ran into the ground. Uh, it's 
beating a dead horse when it comes to stand-up comedy, but I always find myself going back to it. It's hilarious, but yeah. Um, George Carlin is kind of a good middle ground between offensive humor and clean at the same time. He, it's He's kind of both, you know, like some of it's like it goes places, uh, but then he goes on these bits about like the wor- the verbiage that we use, you know, just the day-to-day language and how it doesn't make any sense. And it sort of feels like an old school, uh, clean comedian. Just, you know, like, you know, where the airline process and all that. Like, I, I love his bit on that. And he's just talking about like, you know, the, the, just just the mundane things. I, I love I love that. Just cracking jokes on the, the small little details of uh all the different things we do day to day and make makes light of them, makes them funny and uh, kinda gives me a perspective on the world a little bit differently because we, we often just go through the motions and we're not really aware of what's going on like really aware you know like why do we drive cars and why do we go to our jobs you know things like that just the stuff you do as humans that comedians can make you think about it's like yeah like uh, Carlin had a bit about words that we use we don't even think about it's like that's nice like word like nice it's like well like what is that like we just say that's nice it it uh, like it's not even really a compliment. Like, oh, he's a nice guy. That was a nice place. It's like it's one of the most like uninteresting words you could use for anything and we use it for everything. It's like, yeah, it's true. It's true. Nice is like barely even a compliment. Like use something more more animated than that. Use something that actually describes what it is, not just nice, you know. Things like that, like it really, it it helps me put things in perspective, and I, I appreciate that about comedians. And with uh, YouTube being a thing, you can just look up any bits. I mean, you don't, you don't even have to go to HBO to view a special. You can just go to YouTube now. <laughs> yeah, oh, HBO has some <laughs> great specials though. Um, yeah, Gerard Carmichael. Bo Burnham directed um, Gerard Carmichael's latest uh, stand-up, and is really good. Um, he's he's one of those people that you see him in movies, but you don't you never know his name, or and then you see find out he's a stand-up co- comic and he's he's very dry, um, but he has something to say also, and. Then George Lopez, like last year, I say it all the time. George Lopez is one of my all-time favorite uh, comedians, mm-hmm. and one I'm Mexican. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what he says is, growing up in a Mexican family, and I, like I, I grew up in on pretty much all sides of my family, not just the Mexican side of the family, but mostly around being in that type of house. Uh, he explains it perfectly. Like, it's like, like he's been there with me. 
it's almost like he's also Mexican. Right. But <laughs> he kind of he kind of distinguishes the the differences between Mexican Mexicans and American Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> like the Taco Bells versus the <laughs> Uh, I know what bit you're talking about too. Uh, it wasn't it off his like the wall, the one about the wall. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, <laughs> we live in this time where we can't talk about politics without something going south. Uh, like you can't have a conversation with people without it ending in an argument. Uh, but like he makes light of the whole situation. Like we're Mexican and this dude who shall remain unnamed um he he wants to build a wall and he thinks we're gonna pay for it um no but like he ended his that special by he had a wall behind him the whole um on the set and he crawled under it <laughs> when his set was over that's how he exited the stage like it's stuff like that that we need like to make light of a, a situation by by laughing at it, right, and not taking it so seriously, uh, even even if we have that distraction for an hour, that's an hour that we weren't stressed out about something. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. It absolutely. Yeah. The, those those Voldemort jabs. I like that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. That. I highly enjoyed uh, George Lopez's bit. I never really listened to to him. Uh, I I love I love how he talks about culture. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, Ari Spears does that a lot as well. I don't know if you've listened to Ari Spears. He used to be on Mad TV back in the day. So he he's uh, breaking out as his own stand up comedian now. He's he's not blowing up quite yet I and mean, he, he is blowing up but uh, yeah it, youtube uh he's got he's getting his rise on youtube so uh and he's he's actually becoming one of my favorite comedians now because he, he his whole special that he did um i guess you could call it a special i'm not sure um but his whole hour set was about race which in knowing that you know i was kind of like eh, i don't know like a whole bit about race but multiple bits in an entire bit about race i stayed with it the whole time i pretty much died laughing the entire hour um he he does a lot of what george lopez does about mexicans he, he can do any accent he does African accent. Is it you? His, right. <laughs> he does. Son loves he, accents. He, <laughs> he does Indian, uh, you know, Asian. He does, you know, the standard white accent, British. He does it all. He talks about scooping up women. It's like you just, you just use the Brit British accent. And you can, because like he said, if Americans, you know, it's like, yo, I want. I want to put it in the pussy. I want to get it on, you know, <laughs> like, ew, get away from me. But it's like, oh, I'd like to take you home tonight and then I'd like to do the dirty tea, you know, and it's like, oh, yes, please do. <laughs> and he, he mentions how he's like, Africans can't stand 
American blacks. It's like <laughs> Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, you, you gotta. We'll, we'll definitely have to watch that bit uh, on our off time because you you would enjoy it a lot. It, he, a lot of the stuff you like about George Lopez or any of the other comedians that talk about race, like Eddie Griffin and everything. He he covers it all, but he does it in his own way. Yeah. So and Rus- Russell Brand is one of those people that mm. he's hilarious. He's deep though. He yeah, like he he has a podcast as well, and he he's had talk shows and yeah, like written books I think, and mm-hmm. he he's he has like a steps well for life kind of book that he was doing like a dialogue about, you're talking about his book and everything, and I was like. Dude's like the male Oprah. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, like his perspectives are so deep. Like, yo, by the time he finishes saying what he's saying, after he makes his point, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a rare one. He is. I would that love to have him brand. on our podcast. Uh, Set that up. It's. <laughs> 52nd episode's coming up soon. <laughs> we gotta do something special. We're we're definitely at Sink and Desist. We we want to cover different subject matters. You know, even if it includes entertainment, such as you know comedy, like we're talking about on this episode. But I think we've definitely found our footing when it comes to encouragement and just having raw conversation. And we're getting lots of good responses on that uh it's kind of, it's kind of our own personal ted talks i guess that you guys you guys can be a part of that conversation it's perspective it is it is all about perspective but feedback is welcome we want you guys to be a part of the conversation because we're we're fast approaching a landmark too yeah <laughs> episode 50s on its way and after that, the year mark, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got to figure out what we're doing for that because we're, we, we're not showing any signs of stopping. No. We're in too deep now. Can't, can't quit. So, But we're, we're always trying to improve the conversation that we're having and figure out what works, what formula works as far as this podcast goes. Always reinventing ourselves mm. and keeping things fresh. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that about does it for this week's episode. It's been a good one. We we've had some laughs, and that's what the whole episode's about. <laughs> and we will catch you next time.